Oh, I didn't text him. Hi, right? Yeah. Hi. Sorry, we're out in the field right now. So we had to uh, devise a little uh, remote area away from the construction so it won't be so loud. Totally. Hi. We understand. How are you? Well, how are you? Great. Good. You like our outfits? Look at what we got to wear. We got to be like banditos. I oh, see yeah. that. Huh? Oh, good. <laughs> well, thank oh, you for good. joining us. We're just waiting for Lauren to come in and then we'll start our conversation. Okay, very good. Thank you. Where are you guys at right now? We're on a site over here. I don't know if Matt told you or I told you. We're handling, I, there's like uh, 13 burials that they uh -huh. found over here up the old 405. So we're retrieving, trying to retrieve everything that they went through. And then I'm going to do a reinterment over there on site okay. uh, later down the road. That's, a, that's where we're finding artifacts and burial items, ceremonial items, a lot of resources that that's what we're here for, to protect those resources before they get tossed in the trash, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're working here. It's a big project, so they got me going crazy over there this morning. <laughs> Throughout the week, we've been here for, what, a month? Maybe? Yeah. About mm -hmm. a month already. Wow. Well, thank you for so, doing that because yeah. it's so important for us to continue to save these artifacts. Yeah, it's a part of, like, not only our history, all of our history, you know? Yeah. Like, what we're going to talk about today, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Appreciate all the work that you're putting in. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where by the 405 are you guys at? What what uh, neighborhood or city? Uh, in Orange County, uh, Westminster. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, so in this location, we actually had... Um, consulted with Caltrans regarding this location and the information that we provide in our consultations, we, we don't have x-ray eyes to see where all the burials are, or to see where all the artifacts are. Um, however, we utilize landscape indicators and our oral history to help agencies understand why there's potential for you no know, resources to be there. And in this particular one, uh, we let them know about all the potential. There was even an archeological site that was here. Um, uh, from the 60s when they first initially put in the 405. However, because that archaeologist had wrote one simple sentence in his record stating that most likely due to the construction of the 405, this uh, uh, archaeological site um, will be removed. So it was all hypothetical. It was, you know, because they're going to do this, it's probably going to get, you know, wiped out. Well, in today's analysis, they ended up looking at that one sentence saying, oh, you know, he thinks that it was probably removed when they constructed the 405 because they did the archaeology prior to construction. So they didn't know exactly, you know, what construction actually did. Well, it ended up nothing was removed. All construction ended up doing was putting spoils on top or putting fill material on top of the midden site and uh, um, building their ramp that goes over uh, the freeway here. And that's what they're replacing is this uh, freeway ramp or the bridge rather. And so because the analysis was done in a way that the assumption was that nothing's there, uh, they pretty much desecrated a huge burial site that we had indicated was potentially there because of its location next to water. There was a, um, a little lake or a little freshwater pond that was here. And it was indicated in USGS maps from 1896, 1898. 
And this is the information we present during our consultations is saying, hey, um, you know, there is a uh, uh, potential to believe that there are resources here. And so they ended up, like all other ones, they hit it and then they come to us and ask for sorry, you know, sorry that we destroyed your family's burial site. Um, so the, the state uh, designated us as the uh, um, descendants to handle this burial. And so this is a multi-billion dollar project that they don't like being held up. So it's been quite a struggle uh, working with these large agencies just to uh, provide a honorable and respectful reburial of these remains that they ended up desecrating to no other. Um, but because the analysis wasn't, it wasn't the fault of the construction staff. They didn't know anything was there. So they were just doing their job. But it's just the, the planning staff, you know, um, we're utilizing information that always isn't the right information. And that's unfortunately what's true about our historical records is everything that's written down isn't always true. Um, but our oral history has proven to be true over and over and over again. So that's why we're so thankful to be able to help you guys out um, in this uh, uh, component uh, by utilizing our oral history about the river and, and how that can um, help in, in what the uh, hope is today and what we're going to discuss. Um, but anyway, I'm just kind of filling time right now. No, I apologize. Lauren is 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 uh is with us now. Hi. There she is. Hold Hello. on. Hi, Lauren. How are Hello. you? Hi, hanging in there. How are you guys? Doing okay. We're over here at the 405. We were just talking earlier about we're dealing with uh, human remains that were found here. And we're doing a recovery because I'm going to oh, wow. return all these remains back. We got like 13 bodies out here right now. Oh my God! Where, yeah. where, where, where are they? Over by Bosa Chica. Wow! It's it's a part of the old village. It was called Lucupanga. It's part of Fairview Park, part of uh, the Newland Ranch, all this area up to where we're at today, which is Westminster. We're in this area, and that water channel. That's where these burials were, and we we consulted with them some point, what, 2007 letting them and acknowledging them about the area and they kind of blew us off well now they ran through that burial and they called us out here in the, the state of california and they asked if i could handle the burials out here and that's what i'm doing and it's a tough job because you got this is a billion dollar project out here and these guys want to rush 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 but i got to be in the middle i got to work with them and work to protect these resources so I'm good. They like me out here because I, I'm I'm helping both parties, and I I break it down to them very simple and easy, and let them understand we're not here to to slow your process or slow you down. I mean, if we would have went through that correct mitigation in the beginning, we probably would have prevented, you know, what happened today. But it is what it is, and our job is now to move in and make sure we protect these resources. That uh, wow, that's so they're not. Yeah, and their mind right now is like, oh, are we done yet? Can we go through that cycle? We just pulled out a jawbone. We just pulled out teeth. We pulled out a skull. And you want to ask to go? No, there's resources still there. We found babies. We found uh, 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 adults, middle uh, uh, teenagers, and some older uh, resident cre cremation site we found here. That's amazing. That's so exciting yeah. that you guys knew it was there. Yep, and it's all based on oral history. 
That's amazing. How right. incredible. Yes. So I can actually, it's, it's even, I'm sorry, Lauren. Um, it's even coming out <laughs> and when they're digging, a lot of the guys, they're noticing that their hands are all covered in silver. And it's due to the huge amount of mica that's within the soil here, within our, um, uh, you know, mud flats and things of that sort in the, in the old times. Well, the Spanish actually gave it a certain name, and the name of the village means the silver place. The, soil, the place of the silver, shimmering the silver soil. At one time, you were able to walk and see the horizon just sparkle over here. Beautiful. That's why they call this area Bolsa Chica because of the small bolsas, the small pockets that the marsh and the and the and the the, the, the fresh water and the salt water met. Easy access for hunting, fishing, and these and these water holes. And right here, the the soil. All the guys, construction workers, are like. Damn, look at my hands. They look like golden gloves. I go, that's why it's called Lucupana, the place of the shimmering silver. And they that's go, man, so Andy, I got these guys on a history class out here that they did. Some of them are from Bowen Park. Some are from Santa Ana. And I sit out there, and they, all of them are just listening to the history. I never knew that, you know? Now it all makes sense to us. So... I'm so excited. So wait, yeah. where exactly are is Bolsa Chica in relationship to downtown LA? Like Orange County. Okay. Um, Los Alamitos. So you're 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 south you're south of LAX by like an hour or so? Right. In between Newport Beach, Newport and yeah. Los Alamitos. Or Seal Beach. Seal Beach. Long Beach. Long Beach. Yeah. But it's a big site. All this area was a big site. So, wow. And what kind of project? What kind of project is going on where they're doing this excavating? Caltrans 405. They're rehabbing the. They're expanding the 405. The, 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 yeah, the 405. So. How can you possibly expand the 405? That's like. <laughs> they're trying, and so they're building new bridges, and so where these bridge abutments were is where the uh, um, the middens or the uh, uh, intact soils that have the burials, that's uh, where these were located. And they actually extend all the way under the 405 freeway. So when they originally put in the 405 back in the 60s, back in 1965, um, all they did was simply cap over this burial site. So people are driving over burials all the time. Yeah, just east of us right here behind this post office, there's a railroad. That's the old railroad that came from Baja, California. That's why they call the old railroad, like I mentioned the last time, the old Santa Fe, because it came from Santa Fe, New Mexico, into Santa Fe Springs, California. And the train, they named it the Santa Fe. That's why there's locomotive trains parked there as a museum in Santa Fe Springs. But this same little route near this village, the same route is right here in the back. This area location was all village and that main route is where they came out and brought whatever resources they had here to those going on their way up in Yangna, up in Moana, Tahanga, up that way and they just here take this item over in Tahanga they want 30 pounds of fish or crab take it to them and that's that little route that they followed there and it's still here and so Near this location, I mean, this whole area, they 
time after time they find resources here. A lot of them have kept under quiet, but here, you know, they started digging even behind the post office. They asked me, uh, Andy, we're going to dig Friday night. I know you've been here all day. Are you willing to come back at seven o'clock? Because we're going to dig back there, Edison. I said, sure. He go, are you sure? I go, yeah, that's part of the site. Well, they dug back there. As they dug, they pulled out bone. I thought we found more bone. So I'm trying to let them understand that when you see these villages or you know our villages, it's not just one little area. We were a large community of, of people like from L.A., East L.A., Beverly Hills, all that. That's how we lived here, the same way back in those days, you know. That's so exciting. I'm so glad that we're getting a chance to talk today. That's, yeah. the, that's the first piece of completely non-pandemic news I've heard in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Drink a lot of hot water with slices, thin slices of lemon. Three slices. Throw them in there. Boil the water. Dump them in there. Let it sit for about five minutes. Drink it because that water turns into alkaline. Drink it, and that that help you prevent from any soreness or flu symptoms. That that helps. Okay, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. You're welcome. So thank you for having us, and, and we want to hear what you got planned. Well, uh, we're gonna. You got the floor now. <laughs> I've got the screen. <laughs> um, well, I just wanted to catch you guys up on um, on. From, from last summer when we unco uncorked the LA River and we all got a chance to sort of get our hands into the historic floodplain. I don't know about you, but it really touched my soul to actually make contact with something that was there before we channelized the river. Right. And following on that, I decided it was w worth waiting a year before going back into construction in order to put something made out of the earth back in the earth because I didn't want to put a plastic product in the floodplain knowing how sacred it was because you know in the eyes of eternity it will one day degrade and it won't be good for the floodplain so we've gone and found a, a clay pipe clay that sourced up near Sacramento at a foundry called Gladding McBean. And we're reapplying for our um, 408 permit to replace the plastic pipe with a vitrified gotcha. clay pipe, which feels so much more respectful because it's made out of the earth and it's going into the floodplain than a petroleum-based product. So I wanted to let, let you know that the sacredness that you approach the floodplain with I also do, and I wanted to think about future generations. Un, un, um, when the concrete one day is gone, finding a floodplain that's uh, alive and well and with a clay pipe in it rather than a plastic one. And until that time comes, when we seal the concrete again on top, um, you can't see anything if the concrete is just plain so there's no messaging or knowledge that anybody looking at the at the river would be able to see what we've done under it so what we're doing is we're applying to seal the, the
the trench that we're making with the pipe in it uh, by pigmenting it black and having three phrases that stretch a quarter of a mile throughout that trench. And one of them is the mission statement of Metabolic Studio, which is artists need to create on the same scale that society has the capacity to destroy. The other is a bit of a, a conceptual piece, which is concrete is fluid, because we know that concrete never dries, but it's also about don't believe in everything you see because <laughs> things change. And the third phrase I wanted to offer to the Gabrielino to assign identity to that location. So I was thinking that Yagna might be something that we would print in uh, the river so that when people look down into the river channel, it says Yagna. Um, and I wondered what you thought about that as, as something to put in the river um, bed. Why not call it the way my ancestors called that river? Which was? The giver of life. That's because perfect. the water was the giver of life. That's perfect. Oh, water How do you is life. That's what they, W-I-Y-O-T. Right? Yeah, it's spelled multiple different ways, but it's Wayot. Wayot. Um, and it's the, uh, because in that area, Yangna was one of the villages, but there were other villages that were in that area. So to identify the river and its purpose, because the river, um, that one, so Wayot is also another name for the, the life giver in terms of our origin story. Uh, and that, uh, that has a whole other conversation that we can go into. But that's a significant um, uh, character or, or um, uh, figure within our origin stories that it was so important of a person that that's what they called that water body. Perfect. Because that water body was so important in terms of the, because we had three huge water bodies. We had the San Gabriel and we have the Santa Ana. And we also have the Rio Ondo that, you know, used to combine with the San Gabriel. So these were large water courses that streamed through our landscape. But for some reason, the L.A. River got the significant name of Wayoke. Because, okay. because up on Dodger Stadium, right there at Legion Park, if you go to the top, it was called Moana. M-A-U-A-N-G-A. Moana. Down okay. below was Yangna. Right adjacent to Yangna was, they, they called it Cormocroft. Corma Kravit, they called that area, where Felipe's is in that area. And that they were overlapping villages that depended on that main resource, that riverbed right there. And that's why they called it the giver of life, that riverbed, that name. I have information that I could give you. Yes, that please. Way you take a look and read it. Perfect. Okay. I think that would be perfect. I wanted, so for us, Yagna was just a placeholder and I wanted to get your, your, what you would like to see inscribed in that river so that future generations, when they look down, see the language and the identifying of what's underneath there. Like it's what's below right. the surface, you know, the, the current right. incarnation is simply ephemeral you know the flood the flood control measure is not 
the same as the floodplain. <laughs> yeah, and everybody depended on that. Even when the settlers came, that's why they put the sanka over there at the cornfield in that area. They depended on that river, and that was the river that also continued to give their little settlements, the Spanish, the Mexican, and the American settlements, their life for being there. They learned off the ancestors. Perfect. And would, would you want to um, spell it using um, Gabrielino text, or would you want to spell it using, um, um, you know, uh, Latin text? All right. I'll write it out for you, and I'll okay. show you. I'll give you a little uh, information on it out of a textbook. It's there, but I'm gonna sh I'm gonna write it out the way we would we would put it together. How we would how Perfect. would we say it? I I would I would I would love to do that. That would be so meaningful for me. So um, also, Wayot is another component of one of uh, Andy's dad's prayers, our chief's prayers. Um, so that's another component that can be added into the, I guess, text. Um, giving thanks for the river, for everything of life. Perfect. So we, I, I can put something together for you on there. But because, okay. yeah, there's, there's, there's several villages that overlap there, and everybody today you hear them, and yeah, young, young, yeah, we know it's there. We know the history behind. A lot of us do, a lot of us don't. But there was other villages that depended on that resource, which was the giver of life. I, I think that water is life is the perfect I, thing, the perfect thing to say there. And um, I, I knew you guys would come up with something. I had said to my team, let's just write. Yagna, because that's something that's like a placeholder. Right. But Weog, water is life, is beautiful, and it's exactly yeah. what our common denominator is here. Right. Yep. Let's do that. And I'll okay. show you so that way everybody doesn't think I'm pulling their leg. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't think anybody will think you're pulling anybody's legs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're, living, just... we're living through the change. Right, right. This also leads me, um, I had uh, Texan Millie regarding um, a project that we're actually doing about water that I wanted to discuss uh, regarding uh, how the water wheel can be a component of that. And what we're discussing right now is exactly what our project is about. Um, just to give you a, a quick little synopsis, we actually, I invited um, Harmony, our, our intern. Uh, she's Hi, kind Harmony. of taken, taken the lead on this. Um, uh, nice but what we're... What we're attempting to do is uh, to be able to uh, designate our known areas that we had cultural affiliation with the water, um, not only the coastline, but also a lot of these waterways. Well, LA River, and Harmony will attest to this, uh, because it's all channelized, we're not able to do it anymore um, in terms of our ceremonies, in terms of our uses of the river. Um, so our goal is to be able to designate locations uh, for this particular designation that the state has now um, put into their, uh, I guess, uh, water quality assessments. It's a term called tribal beneficial use. And this, uh, um, uh, what's the word, like a uh, designation uh, can only be done through a, 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 um, a tribal input. And so we've already started the ball rolling. Uh, in terms of getting that going. Now we're actually designating the locations 
And I was just speaking with Harmony saying, hey, you know, we really don't have locations along the LA River that we still go to, because here's one of the caveats that we as a tribe have to prove to get this designation, is that our tribe utilized this location prior to the Clean Water Act, prior to 1960. And so we have to have documentation to show how we utilize. Well, we have documentation that we utilize the LA River, but we don't have any current uses. And that's one of the main factors that the state has informed us is, hey, you know, where are you guys currently using? We do have current uses in other places. So our synop, you know, uh, just a summary of, of what our um, goal will be with working with the water wheel is that the water that gets cleansed, that you're going to be cleaning through your process, if we can designate that downstream flow as a tribal beneficial use, which means our tribe has to come and use the water, we can then qualify it for a better water quality standard than how it will be right now as recreational. Oh my um, God, you are singing music to my ears. Uh, nothing would make me feel that there's more purpose than that. Um, you can't imagine how difficult it is to talk with bureaucratic agencies like the uh, LA State Historic Park about obvious things like in this moment, people should be able to grow medicine and be able to grow food and share knowledge about how to keep your immune system. And I can't get even to square one with them. But if, you, if we were able to designate our site as a site that is working for tribal beneficial use, I think that together we would have a real chance to do something meaningful for future generations. Mm -hmm. And one of those is having that water provide for a medicinal garden that our tribe will be able to use and the community will be able to use because that was the other item I wanted to discuss with you is in terms of making all there's so much right, right now our family is utilizing our gifts of the earth mainly being estafiate and we're utilizing elderberry right now for our protective measures against all because uh, estafiate which is mugwort Artemisia douglasiana that guy has the best respiratory relief um, that uh, is easily provided through a steam treatment. Um, elderberry, the fruits of elderberry are already known by science as having these beneficial and uh, killing effects, apo uh, apoptotic effects that actually kill the virus, not just stop the virus, uh, elderberry actually kills it. Um, so anyway, it's just, that's what uh, we would love to be able to explore more, um, but having, the location is what we need for this beneficial use project. Um, well, you got it. I would, I would absolutely love to work with you and the tribes on this. Nothing would make me happier. Because here's, here's the thing, and this is what I wanted um, uh, Harmony to kind of speak a little bit more about. What we've been told is that this is going to be an uphill battle for us because all the, I guess, upstream polluters who are allowed to pollute at a certain rate because the, you know, daily loads are, are at what they're at now. Well, that's going to be reduced and they're going to, I guess, put up a big struggle in terms of getting these waters designated. Um, I don't know, Harmony, do you want to uh, explain just a little bit more about what you've been talking with the state water boards? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, nice oh, to meet everybody. Yes, you. nice to meet everybody. I'm Harmony. Um, so right now I'm a third year student at USC studying environmental studies and minoring in social entrepreneurship. 
Um, and I met uh, Matt at an eating in Yanga talk at LA Historic Park. And um, as someone who's been connecting to my own ancestral roots in Mexico, I've found it super important to be able to return to that knowledge, traditional ecological knowledge, and be able to spread that and um, have that become more widely available and trusted within the larger scientific academic um, language and within those studies. And so um, Matt told me about this project that him and uh, many tribes up and down California are doing to preserve and help care for their water bodies. And so regional and state water boards have just introduced as of 2017 tribal beneficial uses. So this is, there's, there's actually two. So there's traditional and cultural tribal beneficial uses, and then there's tribal subsistence farm fishing um, beneficial uses. And so once, once these right, different tribes, no problem, go for it, go ahead. Nice to meet everybody else here too. Um, I'm excited to be on nice the to call. <clears throat> we'll just let uh, Lauren get back. I'm back. Okay. Um, so yes, um, uh, basically regional and state water boards are working together to help these different tribes across northern, um, central, and southern California be able to designate their water bodies where they've been having ceremony and they've been fishing um, for centuries. Unfortunately, like Matt said, a lot of these water bodies aren't able to be used for ceremonial usage or fishing usage anymore because of the terrible states that they're in, because pollution, because of discharge. And um, we're working with Aliso Creek, we're working in San Gabriel, LA area, Region 4 Water Board particularly is what we've been working with at the moment um, in order to first designate the water bodies and then explain the ceremonial usages and have those have to adhere to higher water quality standards. So it's super awesome to get to talk to you and your team and see what other initiatives are happening on the LA River and just for our water in LA because like most of us understand water is life. And um, that's really awesome to hear about. Is there anything else, Matt, that you were hoping that I could touch on? Oh, that was beautiful. Um, just pretty much just that we're already uh, heavily engaged in this and uh, just the fact that we were told by the water boards how uh, uphill struggle we're gonna mm -hmm. have. So right, um, right. To, to have folks uh, support this effort is what we're looking for at this time. Yeah, there's... Um, what, would, what would our next actionable step be to start to work together? Um, it will probably be to write a letter to the um, water board in terms of including in our packet. We're gonna create a packet of all our um, designated areas. Um, and so your location, we would have your location as a highlighted location. Then in that pack, it would be a letter just from you all uh, stating that, hey, we support this and we actually, you know, will uh, allow the usage for cultural use of this location, you know, in perpetuity, you know. Perfect. Um, I was so wondering, I don't know, Harmony um, and also Chairman Salas, whether you got, we're, Millie and I are starting to network during this uh, shutdown period all of the um, urban farmers and growers and people who are stewards of living systems on a series of interviews that the public will be invited to um, listen to and ask questions of would, would 
either of you or both of you be willing to be interviewed for this um, kind of program? So I, it feels like while everybody's in this period where we're asked to turn inward and reflect, right. there's an opportunity to really rethink our relationship to the commons, the commons of all living systems being water, and to really think about our stewardship of the gift of having water and the importance of water and land and seeds and process and ritual being reconnected in this moment where we're being asked by living systems to just stop right. and rethink. So right. it'd be really great if we could count on you guys to, you know, be inter if I could have a conversation like we're having privately right now, but invite other people to listen and ask questions of you, would, would you be open to that? We can do that. Yes. The three of us can yeah, do that. Most definitely. We can do it just like this because I, I really think that, you know, this crisis is offering a really big opportunity for people to rethink, you know, the epistemology behind how we relate to things like water. Yep. And I think we need to draw on your experience and your knowledge and your epistemological belief systems as a way forward. Because many of us who weren't born here, we don't have it in our stories to understand the landscape the way, you know, right. your, your ancestors have done. And it's time to listen. And that's the thing that, you know, like my dad's always said, that they never gave us the opportunity to even help them understand on how to protect those resources that would later benefit them. Instead, they come and they destroy them, and then they want us to come later and help them. But it's important, us, the generation, younger generation, I'm already getting to the, I'm going to be an old man, you know, I'm getting up in, those, in that age already, but the younger generation, those that know need to share that with with everybody, you know, yeah. to give them that understanding. We still have the knowledge. We still we we talked to a, a woman the other day that said we wanted to help her and her with her plants and stuff over there. And she goes, "Well, we'll get a crew together and we'll help. We'll sh we'll, we'll show you how to do." It. And we looked at each other and go, "Show you? Man, we were the original gardeners. We'll show you how to, you know." Look, all, even white sage and Estel Fialte, how hard people have tried to grow them in their yards. You give me that plant, how's my trees? They're like trees, not shrubs. Trees, yeah. because my father goes, put them right there in that soil. He looks at the soil, put them in this area, put it by where the sun hit it. They're beautiful. My neighbor's coming right now. They clip, they steam it. They inhale, my kids do it every other day. They inhale that steam for their lungs for this, this virus that's going around. All of them do it, mandatory. I could go home right now and that's what they're doing. One, every other day, they're steaming, steaming, and it, and it helps. My wife, my, my cousin, their wife, they're not native, but they call me, Andy, what, what do you think I should do? My lungs, I feel like I, they're, they're scared. I go get some of that plant and inhale it two days later man i feel good i'm already walking on the track and i'm you know it works we're here to help but 
never has anybody gave us, they've never given us the opportunity. Hear us. All the books, all the, the literature that recordings of my grandmas and them that are dead, they left the plants. What to use for what? That's how they lived to be 104. 100, my, my cousin um, Irene died at 104 about three months ago. But my aunts lived 95, 100 years old, 102, 100, because they used those same resources. And that's the same nutrition that our communities can still be using today. Yeah. Well, let's make it happen on our site. Beautiful. We can do it. Let's work under, together. Let's make it happen under your direction. Whatever you tell us to plant, we will start planning. And Is let's not wait. For the, we better not wait for the water wheel. <laughs> let's start right. Let's start right now. Yes. We, we've collected in these rains about two hundred thousand gallons of rainwater. Oh boy! Wow. wow. So we can uh, so, irrigate a good medicinal garden. So we're ready to start this week. You let us know what to do. Let's get going. Oh, exactly. Yeah, one of the main ones, and we actually, um, we're taking it ourselves, Pluchia odorata. It's a wetland plant, um, P-L-U-C-H-E-A. Um, and I can provide all the scientific literature that I utilize um, to, to help kind of vet these plants in terms of what is science saying about them. Um, this particular plant is an antiviral that helps with, and it's it's a very flavorable tea. It's, it's known as sweet leaf. Um, and this one, we actually have our own system set up uh, where, uh, um, because it's a wetland plant, I have it growing in our uh, um, our alleyway uh, in its own little kind of uh, barrel. barrel. Yeah, because the uh, evaporation process that occurs, I just pretty much soak the barrel and I have wood chips in it and that naturally evaporates through the soil that's up on top above it, um, and it keeps it wet for, for multiple times. So we use it heavily uh, for the antiviral purposes, and it is something that your crew right now could be growing outside, because um, right now I have new shoots that are coming up, so this is the growing season right now. Yeah, um, and I just you could got be it. Making beautiful. You, so look up, look up Pluchia odorata, then look up Cancer. Look at cancer when you put up that plant. That's the cure. And okay. you'll find a, uh, um, an article that's about, um, they call it a Guatemalan plant, but it's the same plant that grows all along uh, Central, South, and uh, North America. Um, and this plant, your staff can be making tea out of uh, to help in this. Uh, it's, it's also a great anti-inflammatory. It's a great just uh, antibacterial as well. Um, so that's something that you can plant right now. And I can actually get you cuttings because it's rhizomaceous. Okay. Um, so we can get cuttings from our plants. Um, we'll uh, uh, try and figure out how we can get them to you <laughs> with all our restrictions these days. Uh, um, we, have, um, we have a guard at Metabolic Studio who is receiving things and then cleaning them. And perfect. Can so when we know that you can come by, but I don't want to wait to start. We the community needs it now, and if and if I we agree. have if we have that much water, let's work together to make some medicine for the people. When do you need Ideal. it? Ideal. Let's do it. When? Let's like tomorrow. Let's get to, let's get going. We can do it tomorrow. Whatever you want. I yeah. Let's set it up for tomorrow, right, Millie? Can you do tomorrow. Oh, we have our At what time? Are they important? Let me look Matt, at the meeting. Matt, if you can't do it tomorrow, I'm happy to um, pick them up on Thursday as well. 
Yeah, Thursday might be a better day. Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Okay. And then, Matt, if you can just send me a list of, of the plants that you talked about. I know you said mugwort, elderberry, the white sage, and then the, the spelling of the last one for me. That'd be awesome. I'll tell you I got it online. Um, well, yeah, she's already said it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. Because actually right now during this downtime, I'm trying to complete the, uh, a book that I'm writing with my uncle um, about the scientific uh, components to our plants. And elderberry right now, unbelievable. You know that we actually had four or five different names for elderberry, describing the flower, describing the fruit, because each part of the elderberry tree, you can get so many beneficial components out of it. Um, so that's definitely one. If you can, uh, I, I don't know if any of the nurseries are still open, but if you can yeah. get um, some seedlings or, or something that's already growing. I we think that Urban Homestead has it. We actually have beautiful. one at the moon. Oh, we do? We have one at the moon, so we can propagate from there. And we, um, we can steam distill um, the leaves uh, as well as utilize uh, the fruits, of course. Um, but you can get multiple products out of that one plant. Um, you know where we used to have to go uh, retrieve plants? Bad uncle, our father Johnny, he used to tell us go over to on the other side of UCI Irvine. They've been looking for this cure and looking in other locations when all the whole time, right in their backyard, that plant was growing. So we used to go and pretend like we were going to hike the trail, but we, we were like smugglers. <laughs> We'd go in backpacks. And yeah, like mules, we would go with backpacks and we cut them when there was nobody around. The ranger, we would cut it, throw in our bags. We'd bring them home and we'd plant them. Now that plant, we gave it to my sister that was, was fighting cancer. She's one that you need to talk to that used that plant. She did chemo and everything, but she said the doctor had asked her what she was utilizing because they saw a change. And she goes, is it bad or good? She goes, no, it's actually good, but you need to tell me what you're using because it might affect the chemo that we're giving. And my sister goes, no, no, no. That plant is a plant that we utilize for cancer. But she felt, the bottom line is she felt that they didn't want, they wanted to take her away from the plant so they could use the money, science, to supposedly heal her cancer. But she continued with that tea. She's healed. She's good. She's been going to the City of Hope checking herself out, nothing wrong. She still continues to drink that tea. And is that the elderberry or a different That's a pluchia. The pluchia. That pluchia one that you, odorata. Yeah. yeah, when you taste it, it has a good taste, like sweet, like it, it smells like guayaba. But then when you taste it, you can taste like a little, like aspirin, like an aspirin taste Bitter. to it, like a, like a, yeah, like an aspirin, yeah. Tylenol. Not Tylenol, like Bayer aspirin. You can taste it, but that's the medicine that's going in your system. Very good. And the other component that uh, a lot of folks don't realize is um, even European folks already have receptors set up in their immunity to, to receive these components because elderberry grows all throughout the world. And so the, uh, um, the different monoterpenoids, I think this one actually is a sesquiterpene, the different terpenes that um, are the, the little keys, the little initiators of this immunity response, uh, these are already, we already have them naturally set up in our system. It's just we haven't been utilizing those systems because we don't intake those foods anymore. 
So that's one reality that when we start utilizing these plants again, people are going to realize, oh my goodness, this works. Well, it works because it's already set in the human system, not just the Indian system. It's everybody's system. That's what they're finding out about. Uh, um, uh, what are those components? Uh, uh, with uh, oh, anyway, um, it's it's the components with marijuana, the uh, um, cannabinoid, cannabinoids. Yeah, cannabinoid, the cannabinoid system that we all have it, you know, in our bodies. And it just shows that this is this. These are the mechanisms that are already set up for us that we're not utilizing. And by us being able to provide products that help people utilize those immunity response mechanisms, that's what our community needs right now. Absolutely, and especially you know, as as medicine becomes um, more scarce and access to hospitals becomes scarce. We're going to need to depend on each other and relearn what our DNA has already got in it as a receptor right. for medicine. Exactly. And I mean, we've all been talking about this forever, but we're actually living through the change now. Yep. And it's happening at a time where we have water to use. Construction right. is on hold because of, you know, everything right. being on hold so maybe it's our time to really join forces and make something in uh on the la river in downtown for the gabrielino uh uh people to share their wisdom with each other and um with a small community of people at metabolic studios so that we can take this to scale at a time it's really needed Ideal. Those are music to our ears. And by the You're time by the time we actually get the water, we'll actually have a wetland in place to cleanse it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So let, let's start with the medicinal plants and work our way backwards. Yes. Yes. All right. You know, there's a plant. That Put us to I'll work. Go, go get some at, at the Black Bank Bay. Oh, yes. We got to use Yerba Mansa. Yerba Mansa. Yeah, but Millie, I don't know if your dad and them, if they ever, you might know Yerba Mansa. I know, the yerba, I know the Yerba Mansa, I know the Yerba Buena, but I do know the Yerba Mansa, yeah. and we're actually growing it in the portable wetland. And I just, yerba and, one, yeah. and I didn't understand Pluchia, but we also have Pluchia growing in, in the portable wetland. Nice, good, good job. Yerba oh, yeah, and Yerba Santa, if I, you can grow that. If you can grow that, I can, I can take off up into the Cucamonga, and go get some cuttings, and I can bring them here. Gum ward, uh, gum. What do you call it? Gum weed. Uh -huh. Gum weed plant. Yerba Santa. The Spanish called it Yerba Santa, the sacred weed, right. because the Indians, when they were sick here with tuberculosis in their lungs, they were giving them that vapor. They cured them. That's why the Spanish told in their books of Crispy or came on the expedition. They said some of their soldiers got sick, and the Indians came with them with a plant that they called the Spanish yerba santa, which is gumweed, and they boiled it, and they let them steam themselves, and it healed them. They, that's, that's the plant that is needed today for all this virus. It's there, and so it's the, being destroyed in the hills up there. The yerba mansa? Yerba Santa. Yerba Santa. Read, read, read Yerba Santa. Periodictyon crassifolium. Is its a scientific name. 
But even Millie Yerba Mansa, oh man, you tell my dad about that, you tell the elders, that was a particular, and that plant grew by the spring. We, we, we worked with them at the uh, Newport Back Bay, and they were looking for the springs, a natural spring that was there. Well, we went, they've been looking with all their, bi uh, what were they, biologists? They're biologists. Well, restoration ecologists. Re yeah, they were guys from the restoration. They go, Andy and Matt, we're trying to find the natural spring. And I go, we walked out, we took a look, and we saw Yerba Mansa. And I said, there's your natural spring over there. They go, where? Where those plants are. Let's go over there. We went over there, and there it was. The bubbling, the, the spring was just coming out underneath. The water. You could talk to... Um, um, What's his name? Uh, Robert Stein of Newport Beach. Bob Stein. Bob Stein of Newport Beach. He'll tell you that we were the guys that helped him find the spring just by identifying the Yerba Mansa that was out there because it grows by the natural spring. <clears throat> I was just reading about Yerba Santa, and it's also saying that it's a shrub used for revegetating damaged or disturbed land. Yeah. Such overgrazed rangeland, and it's strongly fire adapted, sprouting from rhizomes after wildfire and developing a waxy film of yeah. plentiful resins on its foliage. You could use it as a band-aid. You cut your finger, cut it open, and you wrap it, and it seals in the medicine at the same time as healing your finger, and that thing will, you need to cut it with the, when it dries, with a little blade just to take it off. It's that, it's that sticky. And we have multiple varieties. We have um, varieties that grow up in our foothills and varieties that grow up higher in the mountains. Um, so there's multiple varieties of Aerodiction, uh, but all of them are heavily, heavily medicinal. Um, and a very good, like you said, uh, a restorer of the um, soil components that are necessary, um, especially the fact of uh, um, the carbon cycle that's needed during burning. Right. When I go see you, I'm going to take you some estofiote, uh, uh, mugwort, river plant. We'll boil it there. Matt will demonstrate, put his head, and you put your head over it, and you're going to see and feel all the medicine going into your, into your system, into your lungs, and you're going to feel 20 minutes later, brand new. Watch. It works, that, that plant. But, but I'm going I'm to take clippings from the back of the house so you can take them on. I, I'm telling you, you'll see it's going to work. They're beautiful plants. So yeah, Thank we're just you. very grateful that um, we can work alongside you to help get this information out because um, we don't want people to go out in nature and grab it, but we want them to grow it in their front yards, which is yeah. so possible for everyone to be doing right now. That's how yeah. we're doing it is just in our front yards and give them this information. We've been, yeah. uh, we I'd have like pamphlets. To, I'd like to also guerrilla garden it into the uh, areas in uh, along the LA River where the unhoused community is so that, yes. so that people can have access to healing themselves outside of the, um, going into hospitals. You know, there's so many people who live in the infrastructure of the LA River. Um, and in these edges between things. So right now we're um, finding just around where our studio is, there's all these like places that they meant to plant trees, but they never planted them. 
So if we go in there and make soil and, and, and put yerba, yerba santa in there and start to, you know, make better soil and cultivate yerba mansa and yerba santa, it might be, you know, really good thing to do for the community. Ideal. That's, that's our goal as well. Now, just as a caveat, those are two separate soil regimes. Um, one's a wetland and one's a kind of upland uh, chaparral kind of drought tolerant one. Um, yeah, but yes. the, drought toler the drought tolerance yerba santa, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah. that's the drought tolerant one. So that's why folks, you know, right now, even without the water, um, that, uh, you know, um, they can still grow these plants uh, for medicine with the minimal amount of water uh, yep. needed. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that together. Time to do some gorilla gardening. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's what he's into. That's what they're into. That makes two of us. The <laughs> we don't have enough time to wait for permits. Time to get going. I'm with you. In All right, meantime, we're doing it. In the meantime, we'll work with you to get the um, regional uh, water thingy going and um, um, thank you for the opportunity to cultivate your land and thank you for the opportunity to do something in return for your people and through that for us to upgrade um, the rest of our knowledge base so that future generations don't fall into the trap we're currently in. Yep. Thank you and that's all we that's all we want is just to work with each other to give back to the land. You know, well, we're, we're totally on the same page, and I'm so thankful that our paths crossed because of the water wheel project. Right, and I'm grateful to, that we were able to meet you. And this yep. is what it's all about. This is what it's about. Preservation, you know, working with each other, because we're here because of the creator and the resources that he's provided for us here on Earth. We need to protect those resources, just like we're doing out here. Yeah, there's burials, but there's other resources that are out here. There's a water channel out here that we also protect, even when they're by it. We want to make sure that they don't destroy it. We talk about the water channel when they're digging right there. Hey, guys, be careful with that channel. Be careful. That's, that's our goal, because without those channels and without what the creators provided for us, we're done. We're gone, right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that the creator is giving us a little more time to show that we can listen. And he knows, and he knows what you're about, and you've been touched by him to help make that path, to, to make everything right. We can do it. We can do All it. He said quit it. Good. All right. Let's, um, we'll talk about uh, collecting plants from you, and then... Um, I'd love to have some guidance, including maybe a Zoom ceremony, so that we uh, put these plants in the ground with the right intention. Right. Sure. Um, we'll just have to uh, rely on Zoom, but you can count on us. We will uh, follow our instructions, and we are teachable um, and very willing partners in um, making another city possible. Very good. Sounds good. I'm glad that I'm, thank you so much, all of you. Thank you. everybody, thank, thank you. Thank you. Harmony, it's a pleasure to meet you and we'll be in touch. It was definitely a pleasure. I'm so excited to see new visionary thought come into action because we've followed too many ways of doing things 
from past experiences and nobody's willing to innovate or make change here. So it's exciting to see that because me and Matt have been looking for um, different types of funding to implement programs for the youth to teach about environmental literacy, resilience, stewardship, and management of land for a while now. So it's exciting that this could potentially be a space where we get to start that and get um, on the ground. It would be our honor to work with you. Honestly, we, we uh, can't think, I can't think of a better use of our time or resources. So let's, let, can, let's consider today a groundbreaking. You've got to Good, call. Awesome. Good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to let my dad know. Thank you. My aunt, those of them that this is music. To, this would be music to their ears. This yeah, is what, we don't, this it's is what the they believe. Now, you guys, we have no time to waste. Let's make it happen. Right. Thank okay. you. Okay. Agreed. Talk to you later. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.